What if by the time you're done listening, you realized that being an underdog is actually an advantage when you look at it through different glasses? With all the opportunities that exist today, why haven't you reached your next level of income, life, and wealth? In most cases, we've been lied to. We've been told that if you find the right opportunity and you work hard, you can be successful. And that's simply not true. Millionaires, billionaires, and successful people have realized you need the foundation for wealth, the habits. And that's exactly what you'll be learning on the Millionaire Success Habits Podcast. All success starts here. Welcome to the Millionaire Success Habits Podcast. It's an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to have you here right now. Listen, I don't like wasting time, so I'm sure you don't either. Just so you know, this is the place you come to go upstream, to anchor in the habits, the rules for success. And today, I want to talk about the benefits of being an underdog. Yes, the benefits of being an underdog. This might be the most important podcast I've ever recorded in my life. So whatever you're doing right now, don't take this lightly. Don't listen to it passively. If you're at the gym, great. Turn it up and listen intently. If you're driving in your car, listen intently. If you're home, if you're just you know running around the house doing things with this in the background, stop doing what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, we all feel like we're an underdog in one way, shape, or form, whether that's from your family, your financial situation, where you live, what you do for a living, your education, your supposed capabilities, knowledge, and expertise. This is the podcast that will turn that around for the rest of your life. What if by the time you're done listening, you realized that being an underdog is actually an advantage when you look at it through different glasses. Okay. So let me start with a story. I'm geeking out on a book right now about George Washington. It's 42 hours long because I actually listen to books. And listen, it doesn't matter where you are in the world listening to this or where you were born. The story of the American Revolution is the quintessential underdog story. There is no way that America should have won. But let's go deeper and just take the man, George Washington, who was at the head of the of the revolution, the head of fighting, the head of being the underdog at the deepest level possible. You see, underdogs have traits. The ones that make it, the ones that I want you to unveil today while you're listening to this, underdogs have certain traits that they turn into their power. And I want you to think about this. Underdogs have a passion to prove themselves. Underdogs are people that you never see coming. Underdogs are always underestimated. Underdogs have the power of people telling them they can't. Underdogs have to be innovative. They have to be creative because a lot of times they don't have all the assets somebody else has. So let me just tell the story through the eyes of George Washington. Here's a man that was born in America, uh, ended up uh, being a part of the British Empire, being a constable, or, or there's a better word for it, and I can't, a, 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 a Burgess. He was a Burgess, meaning he was a part of the, the community of the 13 colonies underneath the King of England. He was always looked down upon because he wasn't British born. When he finally uh, started his first army or led his first army in his early 20s, he didn't get the same pay. They made fun of him. They just said, oh, he's one of those American borns always looked down upon. 
but he didn't let it sink in. In fact, it had a little crutch to prove himself, which is part of an underdog advantage. So let's just fast forward. The war has started. 1776, the Declaration of Independence is drafted. And by the fall of that year, they're fighting. And the American revolutionary troops are going to try to hold Manhattan. There's 8,000 of them, about 7,500 troops. Now listen to this. They're trying to fortify New York City, the, the, which is now the greatest city in the world. At least that's what I believe. Um, they're trying to fortify it. And they got people in Fort Lee, New Jersey. They got them on the New York, Manhattan side. They have people in Long Island. They have people in Brooklyn Heights. They got it surrounded, 7,000 people. Well, the King of England doesn't want to play any games because after there was a little skirmish in Boston, he wanted to come in and say, hey, okay, you ragtag army, I'm going to show you. Now, you got to understand, those 7,500 men, most of them didn't have shoes. They didn't have uniforms. They didn't have enough gunpowder. They weren't trained. They were 15 to 60 years old. From the outside, they were, they were the most ragtag bunch of people that existed on the planet. And they're going to go up against the greatest army in the world, trained, fortified, guns, ammunition, strategists high-end generals who were trained forever a bunch of, against a bunch of farmers with guns and, and knives. They even had spears and bows and arrow. Well, England sends over 30,000 people. 10,000 of those are hired guns. They're Hessians from Germany, which are not only amazing fighters, they're pretty much ruthless in what I read. Like, don't take prisoners bayonet you in the face when you say, I give up. They're still going to kill you, right? So now they come to New York the George Washington and there's somewhat pride of of uh, of the people saying let's uh, make America free George Washington is the consummate underdog he was always underestimated he was always like under underappreciated they never saw him coming he had to be resourceful so he comes in and they're going to defend New York they, their position and guess what they kick American revolutionaries ass at every level. And the Hessians, when those 10,000, when they fought, they didn't take any prisoners. They killed them. I mean, they first lost New York. They first lost Brooklyn. Then they lost Long Island. Then they lost uh, Fort Washington, was which was on Manhattan. And then they lost Fort Lee, New Jersey, just like pounded. And now the American Revolutionary Army has no food. They barely have shoes. They're walking in the snow and there's blood trails from people with no socks on. They don't even have tents. They're sleeping under leaves. I mean, when I got to this point in the book, I'm thinking to myself, zero chance that they have any, like, how could they feel that they could even compete? They're pushed out. Now they're running across New Jersey. They get to the Delaware River. They cross the Delaware River, and they're pretty much just hiding. There's a lot of people deserted. The the uh, the uh, British government at that time gave people pardons. If you bail out of the Revolutionary Army, the Patriots in America, if you bail out of that army, um, we'll give you a pardon and we'll give you some money. So people were running nonstop. So Washington's army's down enough. So listen to this. He's down on the opposite side of Delaware in Pennsylvania beat to shreds. Everybody's starting to criticize him. The Congress is starting to criticize him. His top generals are like, George Washington doesn't know what he's doing. He was the quintessential underdog. And have you ever felt that way, that no one had faith in you? You made some bad decisions. He he underestimated the power of the British army because the guy's a, he, he is a farmer, basically down in Virginia, uh, like he really hadn't had the battle tested, um, uh, you know, stamina or skills as all these other generals. But guess what he had? 
He was told he was nothing his whole life like life like the British government. Did you ever feel that way? He didn't have the money. He didn't have the soldiers. He was underestimated. They didn't see him coming. And he had the power of you can't. And he needed to prove something in, inside of him. He found a passion. He found a destination. He found a freedom that he was willing to die for because if he got caught, he would have been hanged for treason. He found a way to turn his underdog uh, disadvantages into his underdog advantages. And he found a way to be resourceful. He found a way to be innovative. He found a way that they never saw him coming. So now just think, humbled. Now they got 30,000 troops down to about 4,000 American troops. Congress is starting to doubt him. People are deserting the army. People are turning against them. They, in each little city, giving information back to the British army on where they are and where they're going. He's got nothing to lose. He decides on Christmas morning to cross the Delaware River after just getting beat after beat with 4,000 men. And he goes up against 10,000 Hessians who never saw them coming who said they would never have the nerve to get here. They partied all night. They drank and they they were festive and thinking who they don't they could never get across the Delaware with thousands of men in one night. They don't have the nerve. Let and if they do come let them come. We'll pound them again. After failure, after failure, after failure. After everyone telling him to get up when it looked like no hope. And before we shared what you probably already know, I know you felt that way. I know you felt like no one was in your corner that it was too hard to start the business, that already people have already done what you want to do, that that it's the wrong timing, it's the wrong government, you come from the wrong pedigree, your parents don't support you, your husband, your wife. I know you felt that way. But read in history, look back in time at so many people that have changed the world, have changed the legacy for their families because they didn't give in. So what if today was your call to action to realize that being a so-called underdog was your gift. It was actually meant to be your journey. It was there to provide you the, 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 and be the witness of the tools you actually had when people tell you you can't, or you don't have the assets other people have. What if that was your innovation to catapult above the rest? So now back to George Washington. Here's a guy who did, wasn't a professional general. He didn't have the pedigree of being born in Britain, in, in, in England. He didn't have the king's support. He had half of America's support. He didn't have the money. He didn't have any of it. So what does he do? He knows he has to go for it. And he writes down on a piece of paper on Christmas Day before he plans this attack where he's outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned. And he writes, liberty or death. And two of his higher generals saw this paper that he tried to cover because he was a very humble guy. And on Christmas Eve at midnight, he starts crossing the Delaware River that is frozen and there's hunks of ice. And he's got thousands and thousands of men that need to cross before morning. Cannons, horses, uh, it's snowing, it's raining, the wind is blowing, everything at his back. But he's got that internal power of people telling him, there's no way you could do it. You're a joke. It's never going to happen. Get real. Grow up. Just settle. But he didn't. He crosses the arm. He crosses and gets everybody over by four o'clock in the morning. And they march in on the Hessians who 12 hour march or 10 hour march, something ridiculous, or 10 miles. They march in on the Hessians who were, who were part of the British Empire's uh, hired guns and wipe them out in less than an hour. 
Then Cornwallis hears it and is going to attack the next morning and said, we're just going to wipe out George Washington. He had like 7,000, the highest trained British troops. And they said, he'll be there. They're tired. There's no way they could do it. After the first victory George Washington had against the British Empire on Christmas Day, where the men hadn't slept in 48 hours, they fought valiantly with nothing and bare feet. They evacuated and went like 12 hours to Princeton, New Jersey. By the time Cornwallis got there, they were gone. And the underdog had escaped again. They defeated in Princeton. And that was the shift of the American Revolution. We all know what happens from there. So history is a great teacher of what's possible. And I would love for you today to realize that your underdog story that you have, that we all have, I have my own, you have yours. We can use that as our anchor and say, poor me, I didn't get born with the right things. No one supports me. I don't have the money. Where, where, where? Yes, you might get offended by that and you might be going through some really tough times. But when I read stories like this, when I read stories where they had so much worse against them. They had so many obstacles in front of them, but they used their underdog disadvantage as their advantage, where they proved themselves, where they made an impact, where they were innovative, where people didn't see them coming, where they, where they were underestimated, where they used the power of you can't. They used their passion of their inner, uh, you know, feeling disrespected as their fuel. And when they had the big machine against them, they won. And I want you to win. So I hope this story, I hope you can look into the past so you can have a brighter future. And listen, I'm doing something really special really soon. I'm doing a special 90-minute training with my dear friend, Tony Robbins, and we are going to share something with the world we never had in our 60-plus years. If you want to be a part of that, I, I don't have a registration page, but you're here, you're part of the, the Millionaire Success Habits podcast, maybe a part of the DG family, maybe you watch me on Instagram on a daily basis, but what I want you to do right now is text the words Dean's List, that's Dean's List, to 31996. That's Dean's List, to 31996. This will put you on my personal VIP text strip where you'll get instant access to some cool trainings. But every time I do something special, you'll be a part of the VIP list. I'll send you a text. Say, hey, Tony and I are going live tomorrow. Why don't you join us? I just created this new training. Go check it out. I did this bonus for you because it's behind the scenes. Go check it out. People that have already opted into the VIP text, personal text list are going nuts and I'm having fun with it. So if you want to be notified when I'm going live with Tony or doing anything before anybody else does, then right now, text Dean's List to 31996. And remember, right now at this moment, being an underdog is your advantage when you just change the glasses you look through, when you change the framework, use it as your power and go after it. And remember, all success starts right here. If you liked this podcast, make sure you rate it. And also, make sure to click subscribe so you never miss out. You can always follow us on Instagram. And if you don't already have millionaire success habits, you can grab it for free at deansfreebook.com. Remember, all success starts here.